Hello, everyone. Welcome to Brent's Broadcast, the podcast. We're streaming live today on Periscope. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. All of those are the current ways to listen to Brent's Broadcast, the podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. As always, it's much appreciated. Um, the big game was last night. Clemson Tigers taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. The national championship game that we were all kind of hoping for came to fruition last night. Round four of the Clemson-Alabama rivalry, if you will, uh, in the championship. Both teams coming into the game at 14-0. There was going to be the first 15-0 college football team in the history of college football at the end of this game. And to all our surprise, the Clemson Tigers put a beat down on the Crimson Tide, 44-16, becoming the first 15-0 college football team in the history of college football. They win the college football playoff for the second time out of the last four years. They've won the playoff. They've made the playoff each of the last four years and played Alabama every single year of those four years in the championship Um, It's possible we could see a tiebreaker next year, but for now, the Clemson Tigers looked dominant over the Alabama Crimson Tide last night, scoring 44 points against what many considered a good defense at Alabama and holding them to only 16 into what many know as a great offense with Heisman runner-up Tugo Tegavailoa. They were able to force him into two interceptions last night. He was 295 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. One very big at the beginning of the game. uh, Went for six in favor of Clemson. That got the scoring started. Um, And and Clemson was rolling from there. They really, it it was a shootout. It looked like it was going to be a shootout at first. and, And that's what we all really thought it was going to be. Coming in was a shootout of two great offenses, two nice defenses. And maybe just going to be a high-scoring, high-octane, interesting championship game. And that's what we got you know, for the first quarter. Uh, it was 14-13 at the end of the first quarter, and we thought that we were going to get that full game. But Clemson pulled away uh, the next three quarters, uh, scoring 17 in the second and 13 in the third. Alabama only scored three points uh, in the second, third, and fourth quarters combined. Trevor Lawrence, the true freshman for Clemson, took over the starting job a few games into the season. And Clemson let go of Kelly Bryant, who eventually transferred away from the school. So true freshman Trevor Lawrence takes over as the starting quarterback for Clemson. And let me tell you, this guy is so for real. He, he currently, as a true freshman, makes NFL throws in college football. He makes he's an NFL arm. He's accurate strong, he's big, and he's already showing signs of what NFL teams would like in a quarterback. Throughout the entire game, Alabama would get nice pressure on him, and he really is a true pocket passer because there are so many times that Alabama was getting pressure on him in the pocket, and he was taking big hits, but he stood there and he completed passes that many people would have taken sacks on or tried to scramble and run away, but he's truly a pure pocket passer in that manner in the way that he stays together in the pocket and never and never gives in. And so Trevor Lawrence was huge last night, 20 of 32 for 347 yards, averaged 10 yards per pass, three touchdowns, no interceptions, had a QBR last night of 92.8. 
and he ultimately just was the better quarterback last night. A lot of people coming into this game, including myself, thought that this might have been a great time for Tua Tagovailoa in Alabama to prove that he may may have should have excuse me that he should have been the Heisman winner uh, this year over Kyler Murray, and so we expected a massive game out of him. And yes, he threw for a lot of yards, two hundred ninety five, but he did get outplayed by 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 Lawrence and. Clemson was able to force him into two interceptions during the game. So I will say this is the first time in in my memory, this is the first time I've ever seen Alabama look so pedestrian in a game like they did last night. I've never seen a Nick Saban-led Alabama team look so frazzled in a championship game, in a playoff game, in a regular season game. I've never seen them look so frazzled as to they did last night. They could not stop Clemson on offense, no matter what they did. They could not stop Clemson on offense, and they could not uh, they could not get anything going on their offensive side of the ball throughout the rest of the game after the first quarter. They dropped 13 in the first quarter, and after that just seemed like they just lost they just lost it. Come the fourth quarter, the game was a wrap, and they had they had pretty much just given in to Clemson winning the game. I've never seen Alabama look like this. And I think it, we can officially say now, we can officially say that Alabama is not alone at the top of the college football rankings. For so long, Alabama has powered through all expectations that they're the best team year in and year out. And rightfully so, they've deserved that because they've had the best coach, they've had the best recruits, and they've had NFL talent on their team on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, especially the defensive side of the ball. But after yesterday, it is quite obvious that Clemson is right there with them. And Dabo Sweeney is right there with Nick Saban in terms of a great coach. He does a great job recruiting. He's obviously making great decisions because he went with the freshman Trevor Lawrence in the middle of the season. A lot of people thought Kelly Bryant should have got his opportunity. He waited behind Deshaun Watson, and it rightfully so was his turn. But Dabo Sweeney saw something in the true freshman, and it, it obviously showed that that was a reasonable decision to make in this national championship game because 347 yards three touchdowns, no interceptions as a freshman in your first championship game in the playoff and the biggest stage in college football that there is, it really doesn't get any better than that. So the fact that he's doing this, and it's crazy because people are saying today, and I agree that if Trevor Lawrence was eligible for the NFL draft, he'd be the top pick. He'd be the first quarterback taken. It wouldn't be Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. It would be Trevor Lawrence. He really looks like an NFL talent. And, you know, in college, unlike the Unlike college basketball, college football does have rules to where the uh, the recruits and the players have to play three seasons in college football. So Trevor Lawrence has two more seasons at Clemson before he's even eligible for the NFL draft. There's no telling how good he could be by the time he is eligible for the draft. And I think everybody should be excited. Clemson is here to stay. So is Alabama. Both of these teams are fantastic. Um, right after yesterday was... Concluded, the odds out of Vegas were released for the teams for next year, the way too early odds for the national championship game. And it was Clemson, number one, and Alabama, number two, followed by Ohio State, a mixture of Oklahoma and some others. Um, 
But Clemson and Alabama were right at the top again, as they should be. And so don't be alarmed if we see this same exact matchup next year in the championship. We might have a tiebreaker number two. We thought game three was the tiebreaker. We had a fourth matchup yesterday. So maybe there's a game five tiebreaker next year in January in the college football championship. We'll see what happens. But Clemson looking fantastic last night, completely dominating the Alabama Crimson Tide, dominating Nick Saban, dominating Tua Tagovailoa, dominating that Alabama defense and shutting them down uh, with Clemson's fantastic defensive talent last night. So great game in the college football playoff. NFL playoffs are also going on. Wild card weekend just concluded this past weekend. We saw the Colts take a demanding victory over the Texans. The Seahawks lost a nail-biter to the Cowboys. The Bears lost in a heartbreaker at the end of the game with a missed-slash-block field goal of Cody Parkey. Uh, The Eagles move on in the NFC. And the Chargers take down the Ravens uh, in the early Sunday game, 23-17. Lamar Jackson played his first playoff game and had become the youngest quarterback to ever start in an NFL playoff game at 21 years old. He did not play that great. Baltimore fans were actually uh, chanting for Joe Flacco throughout a good portion of that game. Nonetheless, it was his first start. 194 yards, two touchdowns in a losing effort. Baltimore's season was was good at the end of the day. They turned it around because it didn't start off that well. Uh, after the quarterback change, Lamar Jackson did a fantastic job. And to get to wildcard weekend was a success in its own for him. Um, But the Chargers were the better team. They're the better roster. So it'll be very exciting to see them move on to the next round. The Bears were a very big disappointment this weekend because, in all honesty, um, people people thought the Bears should have won this football game, and they should have won this football game. They're 12-4 on the season, 7-1 at home, so they don't lose at home very often. They have the Eagles at home this year. Nick Foles is starting, which, which isn't a downgrade, honestly, because he plays very well. But... When Mitchell Trubisky throws for 303 yards, which isn't a typical game for him, he's usually more uh, more of a supplement for the Bears, not necessarily a 300-yard thrower. He threw for 303 yards and touchdown. Allen Robinson had a huge game, 10 receptions, 143 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the Bears led the way in the stats, honestly, throughout the game. But the points didn't follow, and uh, unfortunately for, for Bears fans, Cody Parkey's field goal at the end of the game hit the goalpost for the sixth time this season. He hit the goalpost four times in one game against the Detroit Lions earlier in the year, another time in a game against the Minnesota Vikings at the end of the season. And what a what a telling way that the Bears season would end, that he hits the goalpost again on a game-winning field goal. I've never seen a game-winning field goal hit the left post and then also hit the bottom post. And just after it hits the bottom post, it flicks up into the air, and you think maybe it bounces in, but it came a whole 10 yards back out to the edge of the end zone. I've never, ever in my life seen something end so dramatic as that did in a playoff game with a game-winning field goal. Um, Bears fans were booing Cody Parkey at the end of the game, calling for his job. Um, Some players came out to support him, Kobe Bryant. Even himself came out to support him. Dwayne Wade did the same, talking about just just the high-pressure moments of sports and how, how they've been there before. Nonetheless, very, very, very disappointing game for the Chicago Bears to lose that one. 
against the nine and seven Eagles, even though they are the Super Bowl champions, it was a big upset uh, on Sunday. And so the Eagles will move on to play in the divisional round. They'll take on uh, the the Saints while the Cowboys will take on the Rams next weekend in the divisional playoffs. Uh, some other big stories out in the NFL is all the coaching firings that we've seen in the NFL. Uh, we saw a couple coaches fired during the season. The Browns fired Hugh Jackson. The Packers fired Mike McCarthy. Those are big moves in the middle of the season of teams that really just needed a change in the middle of their season. And then we saw a lot more firings on Black Monday. The Monday after the regular season ends in football is always the big day that a lot of NFL Coaches, GMs start to lose their jobs because the season has concluded and those teams that underperformed expectations are willing to make changes after the year is over. So uh, the Buccaneers were one of those teams. They fired Dirk Cutter. Arizona fired their coach. The Denver Broncos fired their coach. Um, The Miami Dolphins fired their coach as well. And we've already seen the New York Jets fire Todd Bowles. Cincinnati Bengals finally let go of Marvin Lewis after 16 NFL seasons, uh, none of which he was able to win a playoff game. So some very interesting firings in the NFL. And we've already started to see some some interesting interviews and some hiring uh, being done in the NFL. So the Buccaneers, uh, it's just been announced Uh, within the last 48 hours, that the Buccaneers will name Bruce Arians their next head coach. And Bruce Arians last coached in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. They were a great team then, headed toward the NFC Championship uh, in some of the final seasons that he was there. So this is a very good hire on paper for the Buccaneers to get an experienced coach who also was a coordinator in Indiana before becoming a head coach in Arizona. And so they get an experienced coach, a coach who's experienced in the playoffs. So this is a really good hire for Tampa Bay, who has talent. Mike Evans, Jameis Winston, um, and they have talent on defense as well, but they just haven't quite put things together. And so they did follow up as well by hiring Todd Bowles, who was just fired as the head coach of the Jets. Todd Bowles will come back on Bruce Arians' staff, just as he did in Arizona, with Bruce Arians, the head coach, and Todd Bowles, his his top defensive coordinator. So that hire has already happened. Um, we've also seen the uh, Cardinals hire their next coach. Cliff Kingsbury will be their next head coach in uh, Arizona. And so they've named him. A lot of people are deciding whether or not that's a good hire. Um, a guy coming out of college, uh, Texas Tech, he coached Patrick Mahomes. Uh, during his years, and so maybe, maybe they see him as uh, a bridge to, to a young quarterback there in Arizona, Josh Rosen. Um, honestly, it it it's not a bad hire for Arizona because they're not necessarily a team that needed an experienced coach because they don't have experienced talent on their team right now. Um, they don't they don't look to be in Super Bowl contention really anytime soon. So they honestly just need a rebuilding pitch there in Arizona. Uh, We've also seen the Packers um, fired Mike McCarthy this year, right? So this was a big move because the Packers have had Mike McCarthy on their staff for a very long time. And 
he has won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, and they just elected to move on from Mike McCarthy and hire a new coach. So the Packers have gone through interviews with Josh McDaniels. Um, They were interested in John Harbaugh and others, um, but the Packers did announce that they're going to hire the Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur as their next head coach. This is reported by NFL Network Ian Rappaport on Monday. And um, uh, he's quoted saying LaFleur's ascension to the throne of the Cheesehead State completes an astronomical rise in the incredibly short span of time. LaFleur just completed his first season as Titans offensive coordinator under first-year head coach Mike Vrabel. Uh, This is a very interesting hire to me because, quite honestly, I didn't think the Titans offense was that fantastic to the point that would warrant a guy who's only coached one year to be uh, the head coach of a of a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, a team that demands success immediately. This guy hasn't really had it as a coordinator because the Titans weren't special this year. They weren't special on offense. If anything, I thought their defense might have been better than their offense. Um, They turned it up at the end of the year with their running game and Derrick Henry, but ultimately this is a little bit of a shock for me that they decided to hire – Matt LaFleur over anyone else. Not to say that they could have gotten anyone else. Jim Harbaugh has said that he's going to return to Michigan. He has no plans to make another NFL return. While Josh McDaniels, uh, it's in the headlines today that he's claiming that there will be no more interviews and once again he'll be staying with the New England Patriots. Um, That just baffles me, honestly. Um, But he's quoted saying the book is closed on Tuesday after his weekly conference call. When asked if he anticipates interviewing for any other head coaching jobs this year, he's quoted saying, it's always a humbling experience to have an opportunity to interview with anybody for that position. I was thankful for the opportunity to meet with Green Bay. It always gives you greater insight into another organization of how they do things. It's been very educational for me every time I've gone through it, and I've appreciated every single one of them. I'm completely focused on the Chargers and our season and finishing it strong, and I'll be here in New England moving forward. So Josh McDaniels has now concluded that he'll be returning to New England again as their offensive coordinator. Um, We all know the circus that happened last year with the Colts. Uh, in which he had agreed to become their next head coach, but then backed out late. I really don't understand why Josh McDaniels isn't interested in a head coaching job. Um, I feel like Green Bay maybe wasn't the best job just because Aaron Rodgers is getting older. They don't get free agents. They don't have other great players. So it's really just a great quarterback there and not much else. But Although they don't have much else, the expectations are still that they're Super Bowl contenders every single season because they have what most people consider the best quarterback in the NFL. However, I did think the Colts were a great job, and I didn't understand why he's not interested in taking that job. But nonetheless, he did decide not to take the job, and he will be returning to New England, which I guess you cannot go wrong there because they're always in such success in New England. However... I thought that by now, Josh McDaniels would want to ascend in the coaching ranks. He has not wanted to do that. And so he will stay in uh, New England. Some other small things is the Falcons are welcoming back Dirk Cutter to their coaching staff. So Dirk Cutter just fired by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, quickly hired by the Falcons to join Dan Quinn's staff. 
Um, he's going to, once again, be their offensive coordinator. Uh, the team now said on Tuesday, saying we're fired up to have Dirk Cutter join our staff as our offensive coordinator. Falcons head coach Dan Quitt said in a statement, his experience and fam- familiarity with our division will also pay dividends as we move forward. Um, the Falcons have fired their offensive coordinator in the middle through the season after a very disappointing year. Uh, so to bring Dirk Cutter back has them excited. Matt Ryan saying Dirk Cutter taught me a lot about being confident in what we do. I think he believed in, and rightfully so, because at the time we had a lot of really good players. He believed if I was comfortable with it, go. I'm, it made me take ownership of what I liked, what I didn't like. He pushed me to be better in that department. So a good idea for the Falcons to uh, get back a familiar face in their offense um, after such a disappointing year this year. So at the end of the day, we're seeing a lot of big coaching moves. A lot of guys uh, that are getting fired are being immediately considered for other jobs. We saw Hugh Jackson got right into another job in Cincinnati when he was fired. Um, Mike McCarthy is expected to probably get hired by a team rather soon. Dirk Cutter gets a job very quick. Adam Gase was interviewing with Arizona before they hired Um, So there's a good chance he um, could end up back in a place like Denver or something else very quickly while we see Bruce Arians quickly hire Todd Bowles, who was just fired, as he makes a coaching return in Tampa Bay. So a lot of interesting news going on in the NFL. Those shall continue throughout the rest of the week and during this part of the offseason where we see even more head coaching interviews. A lot of teams still have a lot to decide as far as who will be next to run their organizations and their teams. GMs will be busy as the playoffs get going. All teams that aren't in the playoffs are busy making moves. But we do look forward to the NFL playoffs. Next weekend, college football has come to an end, but we will see uh, some more NFL playoffs this coming weekend as the divisional rounds kick off. And so uh, we have some great matchups, one in which we'll see Philadelphia going to Los Angeles and, or excuse me, Philadelphia going to San, Philadelphia going to New Orleans and Dallas going to Los Angeles in the NFC. The Chiefs will be playing this weekend. Um, if, if I've got the seating correctly, um, the Chiefs will be playing in the divisional round against against Indianapolis. That'll be a fantastic game just because the Colts have been so hot at the end of the year. So Indianapolis will go to Kansas City uh, against the high-powered Chiefs offense, a really hot Andrew Luck and a really hot Colts team take on Kansas City on Saturday at 4.35. Dallas then takes on Los Angeles in the night game at 8.15. On Sunday, the Los Angeles Chargers will take on the New England Patriots at 105 Eastern and the Super Bowl champions, reigning Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles will take on the top seed Saints at 4.40 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Thanks for tuning in to Brent's broadcast. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Submit any questions you have to at Brent's broadcast on Twitter or Instagram. We can be answering those on the podcast every week. And yeah, let me know your thoughts. We'll get to more of it next time. Thanks for tuning in.